at Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. by BP Bronx. My name is EJ Fagan. I'm your host, and today I'm joined just by Mr. Derek Albin. EJ, how you doing? I'm doing great. Just just spent the last uh, week and a half abroad, uh, or week abroad, in uh, in uh, the great city of Amsterdam, so I have awesome. no, no idea what's going on in the baseball world. <laughs> well, you, it's good that you didn't get to watch the series against the Orioles, because uh, it was pretty darn frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, especially with the Red Sox on like a nine-game winning streak at this point or something like that. It, uh, yeah, it, it just feels like they're never going to lose again, basically. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's a good Red Sox team. Uh, so we're not going to talk much about recent games because uh, Derek's been a little bit busy. I've been a little bit busy. Uh, I've watched more soccer than baseball in the last week and a half. And so uh, instead we're going to talk about some of the, the recent trade news and some other kind of recent events in baseball. Uh, so first, Derek, uh, you went to the AA All-Star game. I did, yeah. The Double A Eastern League All Star Game uh, down in Trenton, uh, and it was basically Tebow mania. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, people, the, the there basically we I got there for batting practice early, and what they do is they set up uh, times to do autographs for both the Eastern Division and the Western Division, uh, and the lines were just wrapping around the entire ballpark for people trying to get you know mainly to Tebow. I mean, there's some other. Uh, you know, the people I was more interested in were the big prospects, you know, like Brendan Rogers or uh, who else? Uh, Kevin Biggio. Unfortunately, guys like Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Bo Bichette uh, didn't play for various reasons. I think there's injuries involved and stuff like that. But really, uh, the big attention, the biggest cheers, as you'd expect, were for Tim Tebow. So uh, that that was, I guess, the... Uh, <laughs> The focal point, but it was, uh, I've never been to any sort of all-star game before. I have been to that ballpark in the past for, uh, the last time I was there, actually, I saw Jabba Chamberlain, uh, oh, wow. that yeah. before that I saw Eric Duncan. So those are the last two times I've been there, but it's a great ballpark to see a game and, uh, you know, it's a fun ap- atmosphere to go to an all-star game. And, uh, if you hadn't heard before, there was an interesting twist at the end where they were tied in the, after nine innings and actually the, the hitter that tied it up is a Yankee prospect. Uh, Trey Ambergie hit an RBI oh, really? double. Yeah, he hit an RBI double to tie the game in the ninth inning. Um, we could talk about a couple of the guys who played in the Yankee system. I mean, nobody really too notable. Um, I, I have some Tim Tebow questions first. So yeah, maybe, yeah, go ahead. I don't, know if, I don't know if you're a big enough football fan to answer this. I know nothing about football. But I, I'm under the impression that Tim Tebow is currently playing baseball because he was never very good at football. Uh, so why do why is Tim Tebow like the biggest name in basically the Mets organization right now like is he what is he notable in any way other than he used to play NFL like a be like a backup quarterback for somebody I mean I'm not the biggest you know football fan either I uh, my interest has waned in recent years but I will say I mean he was not a good pro uh, I think he had like his moments as a pro I, I think he had like a good run with the Broncos or something like that but don't quote me on it he was like a legendary college football player though and that's where his fame. Oh, okay. Really, he he was like 
one of the greatest college football players of all time, from what I, from what I understand. So I think that's where his his fame and popularity came, and uh, and that's the gist of it. All I really remember from the the days of like the Tebow mania were doing the Tebow, the little like weird praying thing that he does. Um, oh yeah, when he scored a touchdown in the end zone, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to see him in the home run trot doing that. I'll say I'm looking at his stats this year, and like, yes, it would be dumb if the if the Mets called him up, but it wouldn't be that insane. I mean, he's hitting 270, 340, 390 right now down in Double A, which is you know in a in a pitcher's league. Like you, know, he could he could deserve a promotion to Triple A soonish, and for, you know, yeah. And for for what it's worth, for a guy who hasn't played baseball since high school and he's like 31 now, I mean that's pretty impressive i gotta say but to yeah, do that, and he's getting better playing, right and he and he does have i mean he does have some power uh you know there have been high scouting grades in his raw power it just you know it hasn't shown up in games obviously he had a double yesterday uh he went down he actually opposite field down the left field line his first at bat he doubled uh and struck it pretty decently so so, so let's talk about some of the other players there uh, sure. that, that, so vlad guerrero jr i think was at the game he he was voted in, but he's injured oh, okay. now, so oh, yeah. play, and that was a kind of a bummer. Uh, that was originally when we bought tickets, you know, weeks ago. Um, that was the, we were anticipating getting to see him, but uh, no, he didn't get to play. So, who was the best prospect you thought you saw? Um, I guess it would have to be Brendan Rogers, who's the sh- a shortstop in the uh, Rockies system. So I know Brendan Rodgers because I play a lot of fancy baseball and he's mm-hmm. on the Rockies. And so theoretically could be like a, a first round pick just kind of by virtue of being good enough on the Rockies. Right. Is Brendan Rodgers any good, like independent of the fact that he might just luck into hitting 320? I, I, I mean, he's got some power. I think I saw on the board yesterday he had 17 home runs at the break. And I feel like, you know, for a minor player hit that many home runs, that's that's uh, somewhat impressive if he plays a premium position um and the people who are prospect you know experts i guess seem to really like him so i have to think that he's 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 somebody i mean he was a he was the third overall pick a few years ago um he's he's pretty good i mean i, I got i gotta think he's pretty good uh and i mean he wouldn't have been the best player there if you know guerrero or uh even boba were there i think those guys are a little bit more well regarded but um Rogers was probably the best guy who actually got to play in the game. So what Yankee prospects did you see while you were you were there? Um the guys who played were Ambergie, who I mentioned before, um, Mandy Alvarez, who's a third baseman. I, I don't think his numbers are all that impressive. Uh, I got to see um, James Reeves and Caleb Frere pitch, two lefty reliever types, it looked like. Frere actually has pretty impressive numbers. He's got a 0.69 ERA coming into the game, and uh, I believe he served up a home run while he was pitching. I can't remember if it was him or Reeves, but Fair has been really good uh, in Double A. Maybe he's got a future as a lefty reliever to some extent. Um, other than that, I mean, Dylan Tate was active for the game, but he didn't pitch. I'm assuming he must have pitched recently for Trenton. I was really hoping to see him, and then um, Abby Atal Avelino was also an All Star in Double A, but. He got promoted to Scranton recently, so he was not uh, playing in the game. I would have loved to see him, too. But fortunately, not much in the way of Yankee prospects while I was there. Um, but, you know, it was cool to see some other guys around the league. 
Yeah, I saw that the trip at the AAA All Star game that uh, Brandon Drury has been elected to the AAA All Star team, which feels cruel, right? <laughs> like, it, it, just just let the guy have a have a vacation. Don't remind him that he's at AAA right, right. now. Yeah, I, I mean, he he, and um, fortunately for him now, I guess he's back in the majors over the last couple weeks or so. But it's just kind of like, of course, he's going to be a AAA All Star. You know, he hasn't really played there much. I think he got sent back down uh, recently while I was gone. Did he get sent back down? I, I know they sent down. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. They did. They did send him back yeah. down again. Sorry about that. Yeah. They did. Yeah. So, so if you guys get if you get a chance, the if you're in New York, this the uh, uh, I don't know where the the uh, New York Penn League All Star Game will be, but occasionally it's either in Brooklyn or in Staten Island, and those are always wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, highly recommended. In fact, just go to a game in Staten yeah. Island. It's, I haven't been to Staten Island yet this year, but I'm planning to go. I know that um, their second round pick, Josh Pro, is there. Um, Roancy Contreras is a pitcher who's starting to get some recognition. And then I'm hoping at some point this summer that Clark Schmidt winds up there, their first-round pick from last year. I know he's in the process of rehabbing uh, from time to time. And his velocity's, his velocity's back up in the mid-90s. Yeah, so if he does wind up pitching there sometime this summer, I'm definitely going to go go see him. Yep, so um, we talked a little bit about Zach Wheeler and uh, – I'm sorry, about the, the New York Mets, about Tim Tebow. And Zach Wheeler is a pitcher on the New York yes. Mets. And we have a recent rumor that the Yankees have inquired into Zach Wheeler. Uh, so my question for you, uh, Derek, is should the Yankees inquire into Zach Wheeler? Yeah, I, I think what, what's going to happen is, you know, they're gonna, they've been inquiring about DeGrom and maybe, you know, they can move down, you know, a few flights of stairs, I guess, down to Wheeler, who's still in his own right having a pretty solid year. He's got a, a FIP uh, in the... He's got a 3.71 FIP. He's got roughly a strikeout per inning, uh, less than a home run per nine. Um, he's He's been pretty decent. His velocity is ticked up a bit. Uh, the thing about him is staying healthy. Um, but when he has been healthy, it seems like he's pitched pretty well, and I think he'd be a solid option. Probably wouldn't cost an arm and a leg to get him either. Yeah, you know, I think that the Yankees need a pitcher, and they, they might need more than one pitcher. And Zach Wheeler is probably better than three of the Yankee pitchers at this point. And, um, you know, he's young. He, you know, he'd be under team control for more than just a little bit of time. And because of his injury history and because, you know, his ERA is worse than his FIP, I think he might be a little bit underrated right now uh, in terms of just trade value. And, you know, you, I don't know what I would give up for Zach Wheeler. I don't think I would give up that much for Zach Wheeler, but – I think he'd improve the 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 New York Yankees at this very moment, yeah. which is uh, which is notable. Uh, uh, you know, Statcast thinks that he's an above average pitcher. Yeah. Maybe that FIP is a little soft, but still thinks that he you know he can probably start well, your game yeah. four without. Well, to him. back up his FIP too, his DRA is also three point six, so uh, that that's pretty darn good in its own right. Um, and really, other than last year when he came back after missing a couple of years because of injuries, his DRA. As is pretty good in prior years as well. So he, he's not he's he's a he's a decent pitcher, and if you put him in the back of the rotation, I think he'd probably be fine. Uh, you know, especially with Sonny Gray. You know, Sonny Gray finally had a good game last night, but take it with a grain of salt because it was the Orioles. Uh, but you know, you really need another you know uh, warm body in this rotation. I think Wheeler could be that guy as. 
I don't want to call him a consolation prize to DeGrom because he is a good pitcher in his own, his own right, but if they're going to struggle to really get a frontline starter, he's not a bad fallback option. Yeah, yeah, I think he's – I'd probably take him over like a Jay Happ at this point as well too where you know there, there's probably upside left in Zach Wheeler and not just the upside because he's kind of young and has good stuff. But there's the um, – I don't know how to describe it. it it's, to me it's the – the his his home team kind of sucks upside uh where where the Mets aren't particularly good at baseball or keeping pitchers healthy or you know making smart decisions and if you take up a, a talented player and you take him off the Mets like there's always a chance that you know the, essentially that the you're going to do what the Houston Astros have been doing to pitchers for a long yeah. time and and really turn them into something useful. yeah one one thing I I I will I do say uh I want to say about Wheeler that I like is that he does seem to keep the ball in the ballpark. Uh, doesn't allow too many home runs, whereas a guy like Hack, who you just brought up, he has a bit of a home run bugaboo, and uh, I would be a little worried about him uh, getting teed off upon. Um, you know, I know he pitches in the AL East, but I, I think Toronto is a little more fly ball friendly than Yankee Stadium, so I would be a little bit worried about that. And he's always been a bit of like a miracle project where, where all of a sudden Jay Happ was good for a couple of years. No one really figured out mm-hmm. why. And I'm always skeptical of those miracle projects. Not that they you know what he did at that time wasn't real. But, you know, when you don't have as much talent as as some other pitchers, the sustainability is always in question. You know, at some point you can just kind of turn back into a pumpkin. And Happ may be doing that this year. He's also kind of old, so... He might just right. be yeah, he's 35. I mean, and Wheeler, on the other hand, is, what is he, 28? I think he just turned 28. So you are buying into a few extra years of Wheeler as well on top of it, whereas Hap is a rental. I mean, Hap will be cheaper, but uh, Wheeler, you know, you have a, a bit of an upside. And, and w- one thing I, I will say is I've been critical of um, the Yankees making trades for these type of pitchers like Wheeler where they're looking to make the upside play, whether it was... Um, I don't know, Ivaldi or Pineda or even Sonny Gray, where it hasn't worked out. And that that's another risk, I guess, they'd be taking with Wheeler. And I, I think I've kind of pounded the table a bit to say they need to get somebody who's more of a surefire thing. When I, I think we talked about in a few podcasts a few weeks ago where we talked about when we first started hearing like the DeGrom and even the Bumgarner rumors that I was pretty staunchly for, you know, getting one of those guys a frontline starter. But if they have to go... If, if, if those guys are just not attainable, they do need to get somebody. And at that point, you know, playing for upside is probably worth the risk. I want to continue that when we talk about kind of our next news okay. item here, which is speaking of bad teams, that the Yankees are interested in trading for Manny Machado. And I think there's some implications of a Manny Machado trade, which is a much bigger trade than a Zach Wheeler trade, that we can talk about in terms of starting pitching. But independent of those implications... Do you think it, it'd be worthwhile to trade for Manny Machado, the rental? I mean, he's an incredible player. Uh, my concern, and if you're saying independent of any pitching considerations, then then yes, of course, he's an upgrade. Like, he's one of the best players in the league. Uh, he's tearing the cover off the ball this year, and he's done a lot of damage against the Yankees, that's for sure. Um, but, I mean, you can't look at it in a vacuum. you got to consider, you know, the prospects you're going to give up you could use alternatively to get that pitcher you need. So that's where I'm hesitant. And I, and I worry that, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, unless there's just like too high of an asking price for a pitcher and the Yankees say, you know what, the biggest impact we can get is from another bat. We're not going to get a big impact from a pitcher. Maybe that's 
where the logic is coming from saying, you know what, maybe we just have to, you know, just try to bludgeon the other teams offensively. We don't really have another option. That being said, you know, there's Miguel Andujar, who's been pretty good offensively in his own right. Uh, Obviously, Machado offensively is still an upgrade with the bat, you know, substantially over Andujar. Uh, Defensively, he is too. But, you know, it's not like going from a replacement level player to the superstar. You're going from, you know, above average, yeah, above average to maybe above average third baseman. Yeah, I, I think it, I, let's let's talk a little bit about cost here because I'm I'm curious what these packages are. So we heard today that the uh, uh, the Yankees were not offering Justice Sheffield in this deal; that he was excluded from the potential players available in the deal. Which means I think that the Yankees aren't willing to trade anybody better than Justice Sheffield for Machado. So no Miguel Andujar, obviously no Glaber Torres, you know no. Um, uh, maybe even like no one like Estevan Floriel or someone like that. Like, like they, they don't, they're walling off their best prospects in this trade, which is interesting right. to me. Um, and I started looking up, I was trying to find a comp trade that uh, uh, for, for Manny Machado. So like young prime of their career, superstar half a season away from free agency. And they have not, they've not been traded for a whole lot of, of, of good packages. So I'm looking at, for example, J.D. Martinez, who was in the middle of a great offensive season, not so great defensive season last year, got traded to the Diamondbacks for basically nothing. Um, he, he, he didn't really command much of a package really at all. I'm looking at Mark Teixeira, who was traded uh, right before he signed with the Yankees in the 2008 season. And that was a little bit of a, you know, some long time ago, but he was traded for like a 19-year-old or 18-year-old Neftali Feliz or 19-year-old Neftali Feliz, 18-year-old Elvis Andrews, and like an okay Matt Harrison. So like a package of kind of blah players, players who I don't think the Yankees would have any trouble coming up with with comps for uh, during that time. Um, Since then, there haven't really been a lot of players in Machado's position. For the most part, teams have traded them earlier. I think that he actually could come kind of cheaper than than I've at least been picturing in my head uh, recently. Does does that make sense to you? Yeah, it's a staring contest, I think. It's who's going to blink first. Um, I, I... I think it's going to go down to the deadline for him um, unless somebody just blows away. I think that's what the Orioles are hoping right now, but it seems like, you know, the Yankees and whoever else is involved like the Dodgers and Brewers, they're just waiting for the Orioles to say, okay, this is all we can get. We might as well get something that'll be better than, you know, a comp uh, compensation draft pick next year. Let's just take it. I, I think it's going to be waited out until the very bitter end, I guess. And um, it won't be as costly as, People, some of the rumor de- rumor deals that we're hearing about from various uh, people, like you know, uh, uh, whoever is out there, like Heyman and whatnot. I think Heyman was the one who tweeted about the Sheffield uh, rumor. But you know, I mean, it could be somebody like Frazier, for instance, or it could be uh, Florial, like you mentioned. I mean, Frazier might even be too. If if it's what, if it's what you're saying that the price might go down, it might be it might too be much. Too much, yeah. yeah. So so let's say let's let's start there. So would you would you deal for Manny Machado in a package that was essentially Clint Frazier and a bunch of guys we don't care about? Um, would you do that deal? Man, that's. I feel like I can't answer that unless I know what pitchers I could get for Frazier. You know, I I need to know what the alternatives are. Um, I think I would do it if if. Oh if there's another deal on the side for another pitcher uh, in some other way. But if Frazier can get, can be a headliner for a frontline starter, I, I don't think I can do it for Machado. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm out on Frazier for Machado, regardless of the pit, the other pitcher. I think I'd be willing to trade Frazier for a, a, a pretty good frontline starter. But my problem with Clint Frazier, with, with, with Manny Machado, is that he's not that huge of an upgrade over Miguel Andujar. Andujar is, about a two, is on track for about a mm-hmm. two-win season. Um, Andujar, I mean, um, Machado, he's like a five to seven win, you know, depending on how yeah. good a season is. Worse in 2017 than that, actually. And I like him. I think he's vastly improves this team. And in a race against the Red Sox, you're going right. to need every win. And I also like that he doesn't have a strong platoon split. So he kind of works out, you know, helps make up that problem the Yankees have of not having a, uh, enough uh, lefties in the lineup. But, you know, that, that's an improvement, you know, over half a season of maybe like a win. Maybe a win or a right. half, two mm-hmm. wins if you're lucky, and that's not that you know that's not really worth giving up a long-term asset for. I don't think. Whereas if you were even you know taking a rental starting pitcher who might be just as good as Machado, you know you're you're improving over essentially replacement level at this point, maybe even worse than replacement level um, for some of the Yankees' options. And you got you have a player who can really impact a couple of postseason games. It just it's a much bigger deal, whereas Machado just becomes another great hitter in a lineup worth of great hitters. Now, if you told me that trading for Manny Machado increased the probability of him signing with the Yankees in the offseason, maybe that changes, but I'm actually just skeptical well, of that premise. He, he did. I, I don't know if you saw this, but he, he liked a post <laughs> on Instagram that had him photoshopped in a Yankee uniform today. So... So it's not tampering. I, I guess not. Apparently not. You don't have to have Aaron Judge rounding, uh, rounding, you know, second, going from second to third and saying something to him. Uh, yeah, he he seems and, and those even before he liked that. You know, there have been plenty of rumors about him being, uh, you know, wanting to play for the Yankees for a while. So uh, I want, I you know, I want him. I, I want him on the Yankees. I've been waffling all season on this podcast about whether or not I would just you know, take the money and, and spend it somewhere else and have Andujar play third base for a while. He's that good. And and the Yankees aren't going to – there aren't that many players out there for the Yankees to spend like a, like a ginormous yeah. pile of money on anytime soon. Bryce Harper, I think, is out in terms of – in my book, in terms of ginormous pile of money. And so let's just put the ginormous pile of money yeah. on Manny Machado. He's 26 years old. He's amazing. I think you move him back to third base. I think the shortstop experiments clearly failed. And you just kind of you you yeah. enjoy having a, a he's a great. Basically. There's no doubt. Right? I think just to circle back to Andujar for a second, like it's it's not any disrespect to him, but he does have some flaws that are difficult to overcome. Where that might cap his upside. You know, he doesn't walk. Um, on the plus side, he does make a lot of contact that kind of alleviates some of that walk problem. Uh, but his defensive numbers are just are really rough in the field and. Whenever I watch Andujar, I, I, I see him and he looks fine out there. He looks pretty solid. He makes all the routine plays. But if you dig into some of the numbers and you look at some of the uh, scouting reports on him, they just hate his defense. And that caps his upside, whereas you know that Machado is the whole package. And on the other side, you can turn around and, and spin Andujar in a trade you know, to get um, a big-time starter. Because I think somebody... You know, just seeing how he's hit somebody that that'll get you a lot of value um, in the trade market. I don't know if I would do that now. I I, I'm kind of the, the type who would rather wait till free agency and then and and try to ride it out this year, and then you can try to spin Andujar in the off season. Um, I would play more of the wait and see game. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think the premise to me trading for Machado is that Miguel Andujar, who basically has no role in the team at that point. I mean, maybe he could play some first yeah. base, but. Who knows if he'd actually be good at that either. 
and you know then you then he becomes like the most valuable trade chip well, of any team. I have an, I have another I guess thought that uh, that I think has been talked about around as well. Just speaking of Anduhar, would you trade him in any sort of package right now, knowing that there's Brandon Jury who could just step in and play third base? I consider it. You know, I think I think the thing is is that. Andujar has a lot of potential, and yeah, it, I, if you told me that Andujar three years from now like starts putting up like Gary Sheffield type seasons where like he learns to walk and his power becomes thirty home run power, like I wouldn't be shocked. I would be probably shocked if he ends up being a good third baseman, but he's got that unique swing that certainly like could be really special, and I don't want to, I don't want to. I don't want to trade that away for something that's not a real keeper. Now, if it were like, a, say, just like a Madison Bumgarner package mm-hmm. or something like that, it's a little easier to bear, right? But if it's a rental pitcher um, or a pitcher who like was an ace at one point in time but isn't anymore, I'm would you not would sure you trade him for Degrom? Would you trade? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if you told me like I can get I can get Jacob Degrom and I have to give up Glaber Torres, like I would be giving it a thought. Um, I'm not sure if I would be. I, I'm not sure I would say yes, but like I would. I for Glaber Torres, even. I, I, I would probably start asking for other players in addition to Degrom mm. in the Mets. Um, but yeah. Degrom's really good, <laughs> and the Yankee. And now he's he really mm. good. He's really good at something the Yankees are bad yeah. at: starting pitching. Like I think the last month has really exposed that the Yankees yeah. have a starting pitcher problem. They are they are the best team in baseball yep. at everything else. And not yeah, I, I think I would try to. You look, you're not. I don't. They're not going to give up Torres. I don't think the Mets. I think the Mets want a guy who's ready now. I don't think they want to wait and see what you know Sheffield might become. Or I mean, Clint Frazier's ready, but he hasn't really established himself. Andujar has kind of established himself already. I think a deal centered around Andujar and a couple other, you know, lesser pieces could possibly get. Well, him and Frazier. I mean, uh, th- to me, that's a that's a reasonable mm-hmm. package for a really good player, and I think it's a package that a lot of teams yeah. would really think hard about for a Bumgarner or Degrom or you know whomever. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to see like for, here's an example. They, there's been a lot of Michael Fulmer no, rumors like lately, and I would not trade the. I, I might trade Clint Frazier. I would not trade Miguel Andujar for Michael Fulmer. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I do not like Fulmer at all. Actually, I, I, there's not. I would not give up much for him. Uh, he just doesn't miss a lot of bats, and he's he's just not he's just he's media to me he's he's okay he's like a, an average pitcher I guess, but he doesn't excite me, and I worry about how his results would be outside of Comerica. Uh, I'm not sure what his splits are, but that is a friendly park. I, I do worry about how he would do outside of there. Um, the other thing I'd like to to discuss a little bit is other player are other players in the Orioles. So the Yankees have been rumored to not only be looking for Amanda Machado, but the talks have also potentially considered Zach Britton. And if the Yankees, I would not be shocked if the Yankees are considering some kind of Andujar for Manny Machado trade. I don't think it's the best idea, but if that's the case, I think you'd have, the Orioles would have to throw in other players on their roster. Unfortunately, <laughs> the Orioles are terrible. And so, yeah. And so other players in their roster may not necessarily be the best thing in the world. So I'd like to ask you, what other players, including Zach Britton, on the Orioles roster, 
if the Orioles said you can have Manny Machado and these guys, would you consider? I mean, their best starting pitcher is is either a Kevin Gaussman or Dylan Bundy. Uh, I guess you could start there, but even those two guys are pretty flawed. I mean, they give up a lot of home runs, as he saw. I mean, Bundy, I think what he pitched yesterday, I believe he got you know hit pretty hard uh, yesterday. He 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 was a big time prospect, as was Gaussman, but. Uh, I don't know. They're just really, like you said, they're a bad team, uh, except when they play the Yankees, of course. But but uh, they really don't yeah. have much else. Uh, I mean, Gaussman, to me, is kind of in the Zach Wheeler group. Maybe he's a little worse than Zach Wheeler, but he's also a player with good enough stuff that I feel like the, you know there is some upside there that the Yankees might be able to fix him. Um, so like, I wouldn't mind that. Like Dylan Bundy, if you told me the Yankees were going to get Dylan Bundy, I'd say sure. Again, he's probably better than what they have right now. I don't want anything to do with Zach Britton. Like it seems to me, like like the, the Orioles are trying to pretend that he's real, real uh, a real asset, but really just want to get rid of his salary. And Zach Britton has been injured. He he always had um, like a really fascinating like stuff profile kind of begin with with his like killer sinker and right. all that that you don't see all that often, which makes me skeptical about the current four point three two fit four point two six ERA walk rate that's gone through the roof. I mean, he, he basically seems to have lost it after he got injured at the beginning of the 27th. Yeah, I, I, I think you're probably right uh, in all those cases. And since he's returned this year, I mean, he's he's just been okay. Like you said, you just rattled off his numbers. And the Yankees don't really need another reliever. I mean, they still have... Certainly not another righty. Uh, not, not another, like... Uh, yeah, like, not like a one and in type of kind of guy, right? like Brady. Um, they, and they have Tommy Canley in, yeah. in uh, Triple A still. You know, at some point, you know, you got to imagine yeah. he's going to be back up. Uh, and I think he's been doing decently in Triple A anyway. Uh, you know, and they're still hanging on to Jason Tree for you know, whatever reason. Um, but uh, I think we're going to see Canley step into the role that I guess they think they would acquire Britain for. Uh, I mean, Canley, I'm looking at his Triple A numbers right now. He's been fantastic. So I can't imagine. You know, the next time somebody gets hurt in the bullpen or something like that, or need another arm, he's he's got to be the next guy up, I would think. Yeah, you know, I think that they're, they're keenly. It's interesting. He was sent down yeah. to like what Bill yep. Armstrong a month down. and a half ago, and that is yeah, that that is uh, uh, I don't get it, <laughs> right? Like like I I he's good. Like he's clearly good. He's been good at AAA. He's been good. You know, he he's his arm strength is back. His velocity is back. And the Yankees refused to call him up. And instead, A.J. Cole is on the team. And I was going to say that incredulously, like, God damn it, Yankees, why is A.J. Cole on this team? And then somebody sent me a, a tweet by uh, our former blog mate, Katie Sharp. Uh, A.J. Cole this season with the Nationals, 10 innings pitched, 13 ERA, 10 strikeouts, 6 walks. With the Yankees, would you like to guess his ERA? I know it's Yankees? pretty low. He's been pretty good. I'm going to guess, like, it's – I'm just going to say it's in the ones. I'm going to guess somewhere in there. What? Wow. <laughs> Over 18 and two-thirds innings, six walks, 24 wow. strikeouts. Yeah, so, like, I, I've been mocking them for A.J. Cole being up. Yeah. A.J. Cole is kind of good. Um, and he can give you some length, so, too. Uh, you know, he's a former starter as well. I think that the only only relief pitcher the Yankees need to trade for, clearly, if, if they're going to trade for a relief pitcher, and I'm not sure they need to, is a lefty one-out guy. Someone who you, you could leverage all these great right-handed left uh, uh, Yankee relievers with a. With oh, I think a that it might be on like a like Brad Hand or something like that. Uh, Brad Hand on the Padres, or there's one other interesting. 
the early market. Well, I believe that the 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 uh, Orioles have. Oh uh, uh, yeah, Richard former Ryan, Yankee too he's himself. A, yeah, he's a lefty. First in. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, the, there's a lot yes. of really good former Yankee relievers floating around the majors right now. Well, I think the Yankees just have weird, like actually. a development system um, that just makes everybody good. <laughs> it seems like. Yeah, but it's crazy. Like the Yankees yes. could use some of these guys, and they, they're just they're just like Caleb Smith on the on the Marlins, and he's injured for the rest of the season. Um, but you know, it was a better start. James Pazos, I think, has been pretty good for Seattle. Yeah, he's been great. He's been killer. Um, but yeah, but uh, Richard Blyer, basically a lefty one out guy. He's got really strong platoon splits against against lefties. Um, you know, he's really having an excellent season with an ERA under two. I think you throw him into a Manny Machado trade fairly easily. It's not like the Orioles are going to need him anytime soon. Um, I think it's, I think Gosman or, um, uh, or Bundy are, are interesting. I, it seems to me like Bundy is a less likely, um, uh, pick, uh, than, than Gosman. Um, but you know, these are, there, there are definitely possibilities for a trade right there with the Orioles. And I think it's, I, I, it seems like it makes a lot of sense for the Yankees and more sense than it does for some other teams, especially because Machado is just so much better at third yes, than he is at short. Um, he's been, I believe, I think Baseball Reference has has his, his defensive value yeah. negative a win and a half. And, and some people have been right scoffing at his at those numbers like UZR and DRS for Machado, but if you watch him, his range just is it's not that great. Uh, there's been there were a few ground balls in this Orioles series when I got to watch that just just somehow seemed to get through. They were like 15 hoppers to the infield, but he just couldn't get to. His range is definitely, he's not meant to play shortstop. He's a big guy and he's had some, you know, I think was it knee issues. I, I don't think he's cut out to play there anymore, no matter how bad uh, he wants to stay. And we know from what we've seen in the past that he's, you know, very good at defensively at third base and it wouldn't, he would have no problem with that. And yeah. One of the best in baseball, third base. He's got a strong arm. Like he is, he has one of the best arms in the infield in baseball. Period. He could probably pitch if he weren't such a great hitter. And I think that is, like that is the, that's a superpower. And you're not really taking advantage of it at shortstop. Um, you know, people also kind of make that same claim about Andujar. At least I see that I get some pushback on Twitter on Andujar not being terrible. And just ask yourself, when was the last time you saw Andujar make a play right. that required range? Like. I cannot remember a single Andujar play where he like went you know past you know third base right along the foul line. Yeah. So, so when I wrote about his defense base. a couple of weeks ago, if you look at the inside edge scouting data, um, he hasn't made a play. So they've been in a few different categories. Whether it's very likely he made like a routine play, you know, slightly above average chance he'd make a play, about an even chance, and then you know down the line, he hasn't made a single play that's basically non-routine all year. He hasn't converted into an out essentially. It, it, it's and that just speaks to his range. Like he he's actually in the upper like for plays that are routine, he's one of the best at converting them, which is, you know, that that that's fine and good, but he's not doing anything extra basically. It's the More exact same thing Derek yep. Jeter had, right? Derek Jeter was great at routine plays. He was the be- I think if I remember correctly, he was the best in baseball at balls in the air. Yeah. And it also explains, well, yeah, it explains why like and Jeter didn't rack up too many errors, and likewise, Andujar only has like four errors this year because he's just he doesn't have as many opportunities because he's not getting to certain balls. And when you're watching on a TV camera and you only see him essentially when he gets to the ball, like if a ball gets past him, you usually you usually just don't see the play. Um, and 
yeah, the, the best third baseman. Yeah, like you, you and me watching on TV, right, you don't have time to see his reaction. But all the scouts have been saying for a while that he just he has a great arm, but he doesn't really have the range, and it's bearing out in the numbers, at least to this point. Yeah, and, so, and also let's just talk quickly about defensive stats, or at least a little bit of statistical theory here. There's, it is true that the, all of the defensive stats mentioned are unreliable, meaning that it takes a lot of observations to get a good, uh, um, uh, a good margin of error around that statistic, um, especially for, for, for like an outfielder. It just takes a ton of balls just because um, you know, most ball, you know, you're going to make almost all the balls that are, that are available to you, and, you're, and you know, the, the difference between a good shortstop and a, an okay shortstop is you know, 10 plays a year or something like that. I think if you look at Andujar, Andujar came in with very strong priors. Like the the very strong scouting consensus was he may not have enough range to play third base. He's got a great arm. He's got you know he, he's he's good at some things, but he just has crappy range. And then he comes in, and the the numbers in a small sample size that are probably not not large enough, independent of that information, to tell us much. Say that he's got really crappy range. It's a it's a in any kind of what's called a Bayesian updating model you would very clearly say, yeah, we're pretty sure he's not very good at this. And maybe he gets better over time. I think that's the hope. But if he's a negative one plus war third baseman, his ceiling is capped right. at like Yeah, and, and that's – and look, we, you and I both, you know, almost everybody loves his bat, but that's – can't discount the defense. You know, it's – And the Yankees aren't going to have correct. a DH opening that anytime is... soon, right? So – I, I could see it like a team like, you know, I mean, if they weren't running it, like a Seattle would love him, right? Someone who could be their long-term DH after Nelson Cruz leaves. Uh, but that seems unlikely to me at this point. Um, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe there's a, a team that will take and Maybe there's a team that – maybe there, there are still some t- some relatively dumb teams in baseball. Maybe we can, uh, <laughs> we can uh, hope one of them just ignores his defense. On that note, I've got to go. You've got to go. We're recording this midday. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back probably before the All-Star Game next week. I haven't really decided when we're going to record next week uh, because, uh, because of the weird schedule. So keep a lookout. Thank you, everybody, for waiting almost a full week for, for this new episode. This has been your Bronx Beat Podcast. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once a year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.